Is building a successful business a dream of yours? Are you ready to do meaningful work that adds value and drives big profits? Consider joining the Tim Stodd's Entrepreneur Community. Our community is a group of like-minded people who support each other and help each other reach next levels of success in business, career development, and entrepreneurship. You'll gain access to one-on-one coaching, monthly roundtable chats, marketing and business education, and accountability meetings to make sure you follow through on your commitments. It's time you reached your full potential. Learn more at timstods.com forward slash community. That's timstods.com forward slash community. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to Tim Stodd's FM. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is Kim Addis. Kim is the president and the founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. She's also the president and the founder of Journal Engine, which is a journaling software. Uh, We talk a little bit about Journal Engine in the show. It's not released yet, but it's a really exciting project, which I I think is going to be a huge hit and something that I think can, can help a lot of people. Kim Addis is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a coach, and a mother of five. Kim is recognized as one of North America's leading experts on performance through thought mastery. I'm very excited to release this episode because this conversation with Kim was a it was a real experience for me. I went into this podcast and this interview the same way I always do. I did my preparation. I had my notes and it turned into basically a coaching session where Kim was able to allow me to be vulnerable. And I talked a a lot about my insecurities and my fears. And Kim walked me through how she would coach a client and what she would see that I can do better to gain better control and better self-mastery of my thoughts. It was a really profound experience. I mean that. I thank Kim so much for for having the courage to dig deep with me and have these conversations knowing that it was going to be published in a, a public forum like this and and just being so transparent and genuine with her services and with her beliefs. This was a great episode and I'm really proud of this episode and proud of this conversation because I know that there's going to be people that listen to this that say to themselves like, yes, I feel the same way you do. And uh, I think that this episode and I think that Kim's words will will give you hope that uh, that there is a better way other than, you know, the potential fear and anxiety that many of us live through each day. So please help me welcome my guest, Kim Addis. All right, let's do this. You ready? Yeah. Kim, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on my show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be talking to you. Yeah, likewise. My pleasure. So I want to start off um, with a subject matter that I'm always really interested in because on my own blog, I've written a lot about working with a business coach myself and I've written about how uh, 
uh, I kind of went into it with, with some mixed feelings. You know, I, I've always sort of thought as coaching very similar to running an agency. Like it's, there's not a lot of barrier to entry. You just kind of say you're a coach and then all of a sudden you are, but right. I've, I've learned that very similar to an agency, there's, there's just different levels. You get to that, that different echelon and you get to a point where your work truly, truly does have an impact on other people's lives. And I've written about that personally with my coach and it's given me just a whole new viewpoint and a whole new insight uh, on what it's like to work uh, with a coach. And in my particular instance, it's, it's a business coach, but um, really what I'm excited to talk to you about is I've discovered that it's mostly like a mind coach and the power of your mind and your thoughts and how that translates into uh, your work and, and I guess subsequently uh, your success. And that's relevant because your business is called frame of mind coaching. And what I wanted to do is almost just kind of give you um, and start off with an open platform as to how you see coaching in today's uh, workforce. And most importantly, like how you, connect the dots between success and your mental and your frame of mind and your emotional state. Um, wow, <laughs> so wow. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I so love you I'm, on there. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the question is, but I'll try to answer it. Um, <laughs> So, you know, what you said is very interesting is that, you know, you've experienced uh, a a business coach or a professional coach, and most of the emphasis has been on your mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say to you that that's not traditional coaching. That's a little bit more modern coaching. So in traditional coaching, the focus is a little bit on mindset, but mostly the focus is on helping you reach your goals by helping you take actions or series of actions that will help you get there. That's traditional coaching. In this case, what you're describing and what I do is I focus on how leaders think and how their, le- their thinking leads to the outcomes they're getting or not getting. So a lot of times when you're not achieving your goals, when you're struggling, when you're frustrated, the first thing you do is you say to yourself, what am I doing wrong? What should I be doing differently? You know, maybe I need a plan. And you start creating that plan of action. And plans of action are great, except that action follows thought. First we think, then we behave. Sometimes we're thinking unconsciously. But we're still thinking first. Sometimes it doesn't appear that we're thinking at all. But we do. We think first, then we act. And what I want to do with my clients is really hone in on what happens before you behave. What are the thoughts conscious or unconscious, that lead to the actions you're taking that are sometimes leading to the outcomes you want and sometimes leading to the outcomes you are not wanting, right? So I want to go back. I want to start at the beginning. I want to start with how are you seeing the world? What do you believe to be true? If you're stuck somewhere, if you're having a problem, a struggle, I want to know how you perceive that struggle and what you believe to be true about that struggle. What's possible? What's impossible? How are the players involved? What do you think about those players? And on and on. And so this whole idea of backing up to focus on thought, I think is central to where coaching is headed. I totally agree with with everything you said. And (laughs) 
this is really funny because this always happens where I prepare for these podcasts and I try to get questions and right away my guest uh, will say something that really, really resonates with me. And you, you talked about how leaders think and how their thinking leads to their outcomes. And I'll just give you a, a quick personal example, which is why it's so relevant to me. Um, in my life and in my mind, I've always been really insecure to speak up, basically. I think it's a reason why I'm a good writer. And it's part of the reason why doing this podcast has been a good exercise. And, and I'll give you a perfect example. Um, even just in introducing you, in right now and kind of throughout my whole my whole life, I would say things and then I've, I've always kind of been stuttery and I've always had a hard time tripping on my words and then I instantly want to like kind of curl up, you know, and, and hide behind something. And in working with a coach and getting like a different perspective on my mind and my thoughts, I'm able to see how like nothing even really happened. And my initial thinking is, oh man, I shouldn't have done that oh man, like I, I should have done something differently. I, I should be doing it this way. I should be doing it how other people, mm -hmm. how I see other people do it, you know? And the more I've been able to just kind of get comfortable with this is how my mind works and my actions are predicated by my thoughts, like you said, and my actions are what's really more important. The more I've kind of been able to like get comfortable with myself and who I am and accept myself for all of those weird idiosyncrasies, uh, idiosyncrasies that I have. Um, and like, I just appreciate you saying that so much because I know I'm not the only person in the world that struggles with these things. And I know that the work that you do and, and people like you do really helps with that kind of stuff. So, so let's just get personal. Is that cool? Please. Yeah. I, I love okay. it. So you and I have been trying to schedule this podcast for a while and we've had a few, let's say, cancellations, right? Yeah, I had a tree fall on my house. <laughs> you had a tree fall on your house. Okay, so, yeah. so what's interesting is when we hopped on this call, like a couple of seconds before you hit record, you said, I'm really sorry, you must think I'm flaky. That's what you said. Yeah, I was there. I said and it. I'm like, I never thought you were flaky. Why? Like what's up with that? Right? Uh -huh. Like, so, so we have an idea of how we're coming across. We have sometimes fears about how other people think about us. We spend a whole lot of time trying to manage that. Yeah. It's exhausting, isn't it? It is. It's, it's very exhausting. Probably like the most exhausting thing that I do. Right. And so the truth is I had a, a tree fall on my car once, you know, Things happen. Life happens. I didn't think anything of the sort that you were flaky. And yet you brought that to the table. And the thing is, you may or may not be conscious of what you're bringing to the table. That simply doesn't serve you. Like, does it serve you for you to think that I think you're flaky? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't serve you in terms of how you think about yourself. And it doesn't improve our relationship at all, right? It doesn't do anything for us together. That's a great way to put it because. Right? But we're doing that kind of thing all day long, every day. I wonder, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, like, why? What, what is the reason that we do it? If, if it doesn't serve us and 
you know, I won't get too deep into it, but I, I generally think that a lot of the stuff that we do has a purpose for like our survival or whatever. If it doesn't serve us, then what is it? Is it some kind of like protection agent, yes. you know? Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's a protection agent. You said it beautifully and what lovely words that I might steal. Um, <laughs> exactly what it is. It's, you know, if I can... Uh, put it out there, then I decrease, or if I acknowledge it, if I say it out loud, then I, then I soften the blow. Then I, my apologetic nature will endear someone to me, and then it won't be as bad. They won't have negative feelings about me. Mm. And if someone has a negative feeling about me, then what happens? I feel terrible about myself. But the truth is, you can't control other people's feelings about you. What you can't control is your feelings about you and about everything else. And, and, and what happens in the world is, and again, like I work specifically, I coach leaders, I coach the highly driven population. But what I've discovered is that a lot of leaders spend a lot of time trying to control the thoughts and behaviors of others instead of owning their own thoughts and behaviors. And the moment that we start coaching and we say, hey, this is your job to manage yourself, not to manage anyone else, it's like a mind-blowing realization about how much effort they're putting in to managing other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions, behaviors. Do you have kids? No, I, I don't have kids, but I, I, well, I have a dog, which obviously isn't in the same uh like stratosphere as you know other humans but when when you say that i'm reflecting on myself i'm i'm 33 i'm i'm pretty young um i would like to think of myself as a leader you know i mean i've i've had probably 40 to 50 so, so, employees so at this point the language you use i would like to think of myself as a leader i would like to think of myself as a leader so why don't you think of yourself as a leader I'm sorry, I'm hounding you today. But it's fine. I, I'm really a lot of work, I, really a lot of stuff it. to work with today. Yeah, and and please do. This is again, this is the kind of stuff that I love to do on my podcast. I like I like to get personal and, and give people a use myself as a guinea pig and, and give a real insight. And to answer your question, in my mind, I've always approached it as it's not up to me to. Um, announce myself as as a leader everybody will if i'm doing the right thing and i'm looking in the right direction then then other people will will follow along so i guess in a way i've, I've seen it as a, a, a sign of humility maybe where i don't want to be boasting yeah so you have a belief you claim what you are and who you are then that's a negative thing that's your belief mm -hmm. so you behave in ways that you call humble. And maybe that serves you sometimes, you know, you're a very, very likable guy, extremely likable. Thank you. But maybe that also gets in your way. Maybe because you're being humble, sometimes you're not asking for what you want. Sometimes you're waiting for someone to recognize your leadership and give it to you. And sometimes you're not getting recognized because you're not speaking up. Maybe. Maybe. 
what I think it is, um, and I'm going to keep it on myself, but my hope is that when people listen to this, they think of themselves as well. What I think it is, is I like people to like me. Yes. How common do you think that is amongst leaders, as you said, high performers, where they, they want other people to like them? It's very common. It's very common. So what does it mean if someone doesn't like you? Oh, <laughs> geez, the world is ending. <laughs> right, right. So we, we create disastrous situations of things that are actually not in our control at all. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to ride with that one there because you, you said a word that has had a lot of utility in my life and has been the subject of um, a lot of discomfort for me and for other people. You said the word control. Yeah. And I had a men. Well, I'll just say it because everybody who follows my work basically knows I've been sober for a while. And in part of, um, getting sober, I, I had somebody kind of mentor me and he said something to me that I remind myself of a lot. Um, probably not often enough because I forget it just as many times as I remember it. But he said, the only thing you will ever actually have control over is what you do. And, and basically that means you can control your actions. And he would say like, you can kind of control your thoughts, but the thing that you always have control over is your actions. So break down for me the how we can separate those two, how we can recognize our, our thoughts and not let them necessarily dictate our actions. Okay, that's great. Great question. So we have control over what we do. And, it, you know, it's an interesting thing, right, with respect to our thoughts. So our thoughts are like, and they come and go. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about controlling our thoughts, but it's understanding the role our thoughts play in our emotional state and our behavior okay so it's very important so thoughts are like clouds right they they just kind of like float by except we think that because we have a thought that thought must be true and that thought is something we need to wrap our hands around our arms around and hold on to for dear life so here's the key when you don't feel good when you feel sad mad bad frustrated annoyed impatient, any of those negative feelings, it's an indicator. It's like a big red flashing sign that says, hey, your thoughts are pointed away from what you want. So it's not about controlling, like never having a negative thought. It's about recognizing that that thought is leading you away from your desired goal or state. And all you need to do is say, hey, I'm pointed away from what I want. I need to ask myself, what is it that I do want? And literally, physically almost, point myself in that direction. So our thoughts, or or let me back up, our emotions are like a GPS that say, hey, Mm. where are you going? Is this the right direction? And when you feel bad, it's like your GPS saying, you know, make a U-turn, right? Like, turn around, you're heading in the wrong direction. You're not Mm. getting to where you want to go. And so, not so much yes you have control over your thoughts because once you recognize that you're heading in the wrong direction you can use your thoughts you can deliberately think in ways that get you to where you want to go so you do have control over your thoughts yeah i want to stick on this for a little bit because that sounds 
that sounds great from like a philosophical standpoint. I think for myself, where somebody would struggle with that is how to actually apply it okay. in a practicality standpoint. So I'm going to be a little sarcastic, but you know what also sounds great from a philosophical standpoint? A six pack, in other words, <laughs> abs, right? Great yeah. abs, great philosophically, right? For many, many people, that's a great philosophical thing to go for. But some people have great abs. Would you agree? Sure. Okay. So it's the same thing. This is a muscle we build. Just like we build great abs, this is a muscle we're building that, that says, okay, so I don't have control over my neighbors. I don't have control over the weather. I don't have control over taxes or politics. I don't have control over my kids or my partner in life. I don't have control over most things. But I do have the ability to control how I think and how I feel and how I behave. Those three things. And when I'm feeling in ways that are not so good, that's a signal to me that I need to go and exercise, exercise my brain to think in ways that lead me to where I want to go. If I do it daily, if I make it a practice, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Just like if I go to the gym daily and do my ab exercises, my abs become stronger and stronger and stronger. I love that you use the word exercise in like not just a, a physical standpoint because one it's it's very easy to remember and it it just makes a lot of sense in that way i've written a lot about fitness in my life and how it's always helped with just anxiety and getting out of my own head but i never thought about it quite literally from a standpoint of mental exercise like training my thoughts in the same way that i would train my muscles yes and and it's and it's even more important because if you think about it you need, your brain is the precursor to training your body right mm-hmm. your brain needs to agree to go to the gym before it actually goes so that whole idea of training your brain is really the most important and critical part, not only of leadership, but of living a life that you feel good about. Man, well, I think you just nailed it right there because let me back up for a second. That's, that's kind of what it's all about, right? I, I see the word success thrown around a lot in my life. Like I, I own an agency. I, um, I, I write a lot about it. And I also see the word happiness thrown around a lot. And I don't, I have a problem, not a problem. I, I have a hard time really buying into the whole happiness thing because for me, happiness was never necessarily the goal. It was like, being content. Like, honestly, I don't really want to feel happy all the time. I I think that sounds kind of shitty, but I do want to feel like good about my work. I I think the word is purposeful, right? And, and how, how you touched on it there, getting to a point that you feel good about. I guess what I'm asking is when people come to you do you think they're actually looking for, you know, like 
results in that in a monetary standpoint and like a physical standpoint or do you think they're just trying to get closer to that place that you know quote they feel good about i will say yes then yes okay. what i mean by that is they initially come to me because they're frustrated with something mm. physical something tangible that they want to change so it could be i want to increase my business revenues it could be I want to be a better leader and I want my team to produce more. It could be, I really want to look at profit margins and understand where I'm going wrong. It could be any of that. But at the end of the day, what they learn, what they take away is that their, um, their business success rides on their mindset. And when they can get to a place of, let's say, greater ease, peace, exhilaration, joy, all those emotional states, what happens is they're able to solve problems more easily. They're able to leverage opportunities more easily. They're able to lead and guide their team more effectively. They're able to have healthier, more rewarding relationships, all that stuff. Right? So they might come initially for a tangible purpose, and what they leave with is they leave with a whole other understanding and sense of how to achieve their tangible goals. And it has to do with how they think. I think that's... <laughs> I'm just thinking about it in my own perspective. Like, Yes, I approach it in the same way. And the longer that I've been doing this, the further away you step back from it and you realize that I realize that I've been learning these skills that are more than just the specific things that I went into it for. But as you said, which I think the the key point there is learning how to solve problems, which I, I think essentially is like all that being valuable in the workplace is. Well, and, and in order to be able to solve problems, it's really important that you're focused on, again, what you want and solutions. Mm. So you can't solve problems by focusing on the problems. It's impossible. The only way to solve problems is by being really clear about what it is that you want and focusing on solutions. This is too funny and it's it's too funny to hear these things because i'm i'm thinking of myself and there's been a few times where you said something i just started laughing at myself because it's so common sense you know you can't solve a problem by thinking about the problem but like how often do i and the hundreds of people that are gonna hear this and all the people that you 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 work with it's like what's the simple problem? Like, man, I can't figure out accounting. I can't get good at accounting. Why can't I get good at accounting? When like all you're thinking about is the problem and, and you're just, you're never going to get there. But right. when you say it so simply, like you're focusing on the problem, how are you going to solve the problem by focusing on it? And you're like, well, I'm not, but getting out of that is, is, is a really difficult thing to do. So let's look at that uh, situation, that case you just brought to the table. I'm, I'm, you know, oh, I'm struggling with accounting. I can't get good at accounting. Yeah. Underneath that statement is a set of thoughts or beliefs. Number one, I should be good at accounting. Number two, I believe I'm not very good at math. 
Mm. Number three, I believe I need to be good at accounting, right? Like in order for me to survive in the world, this is a skill I should have. And, and on and on and on. And what I want to do with people is really challenge them that. If that's what you want, let's look at what's really getting in the way of you being good at accounting. But also let's decide whether or not you need to be good at accounting. Hmm. Leverage. Like, right? So what are the beliefs around your statement? What are your beliefs around your frustration? And let's really examine them to determine whether or not they are true. Do you really need to be good at accounting? Or is it okay for you to just sort of understand accounting and let someone else do the work? Yeah. Like what's okay? What's true here? Kim, let me change this up for a second. It's clear to me that this means a lot to you. And, <laughs> yeah, <I think. laughs> yeah, and, and I'm only joking about it because I'm sure that you can attest to this as well. And I don't mean any disrespect to anybody. Like if you're following your passion or whatever, do your thing. But I see 23 year olds who are life coaches. And I think to myself, like 23 year olds are just incredibly stupid. And I, I'll speak for myself. When I was 23, I had not a lot of life experience. And it, it seems like an easy way to sort of just find a way to be an entrepreneur, start a business. And to hear somebody that has such a passion for this in the way that you are, um, the way that you do is in incredibly refreshing to me. So like I, I'm saying that as a predicate because there's got to be a story behind this for you. Like, wh where did this all come from? I get the feeling that you might have struggled with some of this stuff yourself or maybe known somebody that, that might have struggled with this. And I'm really curious to know where this came from for you. Well, I mean, I studied leadership ever since I was a kid. You know, when I was in high school, I used to be on students council and they used to like ship us off to leadership camps. So I've always been a studier or a student of leadership. So that's part A. Part B is that I'm also a serial entrepreneur. So before I created this company, Frame of Mind Coaching, I used to own another company. And what we used to do was build simulations to help companies make better hiring decisions. Like they were assessments, right? And one of the things we did was we collected a whole bunch of data. And the data was geared to what's the difference between a top performer and somebody else? If you're going to hire someone, you want to hire someone who's much more likely to succeed. So we would test their IQ, their personality, their skill sets. We were testing all kinds of things to understand what's the difference and how do we find that gem, that really great person in the crowd and uh -huh. hire that person. And one of the things we discovered, because we created simulations or assessments for a number of different industries, is that the real difference between top performers and other people, it's not their IQ and it's not their skill set, but it's their level of emotional resilience. So what is that? That's a person's ability to bounce back from adversity with speed and agility and even leverage that adversity. So like, you know, I'm starting to build a little bit of a background for you to help you understand like my point of view. Mm -hmm. What happened was I ended up selling my company and I got hired by a coaching company, a local coaching company. And I was super excited to work for them because I thought, man, you know, like this is, this is really a good fit for me. This is what I want to do. And I went to work for this company and I saw how they coach and they coach in ways that are very traditional, let's say, sure. focused on 
okay, I'm gonna help you build a business plan, we're gonna break that plan down into manageable components, and then I'm gonna hold you accountable for all those parts. And in my mind, I thought, man, I don't know, I think they're doing something wrong here. People know how to create business plans. Why aren't they doing what's on the plan? What's actually happening here? Does it have to do with their emotional resilience? Is something getting in the way? Maybe it has to do with the way they think. And I started to study, really study, how people are wired. And I came to the understanding that for each person, our beliefs, our perspectives, our values, our habits of behavior, the messages we received as a child from our parents and from our neighbors and our school and our teachers all influenced us and create our operating behavior today. Mm. And that's what's getting in the way. So I started to get really excited about the idea that it's not about holding people accountable. It's about understanding what's stopping them from doing the things that will help them reach their goals. So it's not about finding, helping them find their purpose or their why. It's really about helping them understand why not. What's getting in your way? What's tripping you up? And moving that out of the way. And so that's a little bit of my background. And when I started to understand it's about thoughts, not behaviors, that's when I said, I think I can coach people and I think I can do a better job in comparison to the other things that are out there in the coaching world. And so that's when I created Frame of Mind Coaching and this very unique model of coaching people that really allows me to get into their thoughts quickly. That sounds really great and very, so, you mentioned the word persistence um, and it reminded me of that book called Grit by Angela Duckworth and a lot of the really amazing studies that we found about the power of persistence. And there's a, a quote that um, by Calvin Coolidge about persistence as well, which, which I think really, really applies. And it, it made me feel good when you said that because I've often said to people in my company, I, I'll give you a little bit of background real quick as well. I, I told you that I've been in recovery and a lot of people that I've hired have also been in recovery. So I've, I've noted, I've, I've hired a lot of people that, you know, don't necessarily have college degrees. Like a lot of them come from just kind of tough backgrounds might not be that educated, you know, some even have records, but the thing that I always look for is just what you said, that, that willingness to press on and keep pressing on and like keep getting up and keep pressing on. And I've, I've said to people, uh, you noticed about myself that I, I have a tendency to be self-deprecating, but if there is one good thing about myself, um, there's a lot of good things about myself that I admire, but if there's one at the very, very top of it, it's I'm, I'm very, very persistent. And, uh, and I, I, I think that has a lot to do with why I've been able to get to the, the places that I've had and, and build the things that I have built. And so um, I know that I'm, I'm kind of leading you up there, but you, you mentioned a whole lot of uh, good attributes that somebody would have. And I'm curious on where you think persistence lies in that kind of hierarchy of 
the key determining factors to determine someone's success? Well, again, right? So what is persistence? Persistence is continuing to try even in the face of failure at times, right? So, and, and, and persistence and emotional resilience are two very connected concepts. So what is emotional resilience? It's, again, you experience something bad, some kind of adversity, and you fall, you take a blow. But emotional resilience will, will cause you to get up again. Same as persistence, right? Keep trying. Keep get going after it. Don't give up. And it may require a change in course, but it's mm. still a continuation. Mm. You know, it's not folding your cards and saying, I'm done. It's saying, okay, like, what's next? How, how often do you think people give up too soon? Like, I'm, I'm really fascinated with that whole concept of knowing when to quit, you know, and there's a difference between quitting and just changing course. But as somebody that has seen this infinitely more times than I have, like, how, how much of a, of, how much do you think people sell themselves short by stopping too soon? I think, uh, I think that that's a big, a big factor in determining success. But I also think that a lack of agility plays a role in that too. So, yeah. you know, if, if you quit too soon, it's also an indicator that you're not necessarily agile. In other words, I have tried this one way, maybe two ways, but now I'm stuck and I'm done. And so this whole idea of being able to introduce a new idea or a new method or a new approach, that agility piece is super important in terms of not giving up. What else can, what else is out there? And for me, again, how else can I think about this that will ease things up? Okay. We can keep talking about this forever simply because I'm really, really fascinated in it. But um, at the same time, I do want to pivot a little bit because I think you have some great advice and experience that can help uh, entrepreneurs in a different way because you're I'm, I'm an, a marketer, essentially. I mean, I'm a writer, which is why I've been able to market websites really well. And when I got to your website and I saw your brand, I was extremely, extremely impressed. And I, and I really mean that. Like I'm, I'm usually just like pretty hard on websites that I see. You know how it is. Yeah. So what can I do better? I'm open to that. Well, sure. I, I'd be happy to kind of give you some advice, but <laughs> I like, I really, really mean when I say that you've put together like a great brand and a really solid online business. Um, so how how did you get this start in knowing that this was something that you wanted to take seriously in terms of just the online presence, but also like what has been uh, the biggest generator for you? <laughs> okay, so uh, it's a very interesting question because I have to tell you that we've gone, I mean, I, I've been doing this for 15 years. And wow. the beginning you know, one of the biggest and most important things was really honing in on my niche. Like, who do I coach? Is it everybody? Like, just last week, I got invited to uh, join a summit called the Let the Love In Summit, right? So it's all about relationships and love and finding, you know, your soulmate and all that stuff. And while that's a really interesting subject for me and one that could be a lot of fun, it's really not aligned with who our target market is and what they want to be talking about right now. 
And so being able to hone in on who is it that we serve? Yes, I love right that you said for that. Us, and who's not the right match for us? I love and that you said that. No, and, and really like sifting through all the noise of all the potential markets, all the potential targets. That was thing number one. Thing number two is historically, how have we gotten the most of our kind of leads or clients? One of three ways referrals. So our clients aren't just moderately happy. They're like over the top raving fans. They love us and they send us referrals, except that it doesn't happen in a, re a regulated fashion, right? So some months we're getting a ton of referrals. Some months it's not, not like that. So it's not a forecastable means of lead generation, you could say. Sure. So the second thing is I do a lot of speaking engagements and I go out live and I do a lot of speaking. The third is I do podcasts, right? So people hear what I have to say. They can see or feel or hear or sense that it's a little bit different from anything they've heard before, that there's a lot of passion, that the, the thinking is different, that the approach is different. And so they get curious and, and want to learn more. And having said that, everything that I've just described relates to me being, a, and, and what I did was I created a bottleneck for myself. I became really responsible for all lead generation which is exhausting, right? Like I have a team of coaches and that doesn't work, right? So now what do you do? Now you got to get out of your own way. Right. And I kept saying what I want to do is I want to create a, a sales mechanism where it is not dependent on me. How do we do that? So the first thing we did was we, we started creating SEO friendly content. So we created a, a ton of content before, but it wasn't SEO friendly. So what did I know? I wrote stories, you know, I, I'm a storyteller. So I told stories, but people don't search for stories, you know, like in that way, they search for subjects that they're interested in or problems they're having or solutions to problems they're having. So it was number one, uh, kind of reframing how we write. Number two, creating videos. As you can see, I'm very passionate and animated. So I was afraid of videos. I'm like, oh, I'm going to look bad. I'm going to look fat and my hair isn't good. All that stuff, mm. right? I got over it. <laughs> I got over it and I started creating videos that are script free. In other words, Kim, just go. Let it rip. And I'm, and I'm good that way. The minute you make me have to remember what I have to say, forget it. I'm the same way. Terrible. Yeah. Okay, so that was number two. Number three is we hired someone exclusively responsible for digital marketing. And, um, and you know what? We're experimenting. But we never got really any consistent digital leads before. Now we're starting to get consistent digital leads. But we're still failing as we're learning, right? Like, so we're experimenting with Facebook ads. And I will tell you, we don't know what the heck we're doing. And so we're trying things out. We are testing things. We are failing. We're testing new things. We're failing again. We're now saying, okay, forget Facebook. Let's try Google ads. Okay, they're a bit better, but still, we're not hitting a home run. What about LinkedIn? Maybe it's not ads. Maybe, you know, and on and on and on and on. So we are in a phase of serious learning, serious focus. I love that. Serious, like the goal is to grow. We are now generating digital leads. It's super exciting for me but we're not quite exactly where I want to be. God, right? you said so much stuff there that 
because now we're in like my world, you know, listening to you the first 40 minutes, I was like, just writing it all down. I got an entire notebook full. Like, I can't wait to share some of this shit with my wife. But, but, uh, so the first thing that I'll mention on it is over and over and over again, the people that have been listening to me since day one, they're probably so sick of this, but there's two concepts and therefore two books because I'm a huge reader. So these two books have just popped up over and over again. And one of them is called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And uh, I know that one well. Yeah. And you basically just said it like you're doing all the work. And so now how do you build a process yeah. to get out of your way? And yeah. it's so cool that you're doing that because it's like, unless you do that, you're just going to be bogged down forever. And, I'm, and I, as many times as it comes up, I'm always going to mention that book because it really, really changed my life and how I, how I approach all of that. But also, I think maybe just because naturally you're kind of gifted at this, but you, in my view, digital marketing is a very technical thing. And there's obviously different levels to skill sets. But at the end of the day, I think there's three main priorities that people have to take into account. One of them is to be specific, like you said, because it takes a lot of courage to say like, no, that's not for me. This is for me. But in the long run, it's like, it's a a much more beneficial thing. The second one that you said is like, you do a great job. And it's amazing what happens when you just do a great job, when you put the work first and you, you make happy clients. I think, uh, maybe it was Warren Buffett or something. He said, I've never seen a company fail that had thousands of happy customers. And I was like, well, when you put it that way. And then um, obviously the technical stuff that you're doing, like you're creating content, you're, you're getting more savvy with your SEO. I'm, I'm, you know, Kim, I'm really excited for you and I'm excited to see where all of this takes you over the next year because you're like, (laughs) you're doing it. I think it's awesome. We're doing it and we're, you know, we're bumbling along the way, but hey, we're persistent too, right? We're <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, great. Well, let's, let's kind of end with a nice note for, for people to take home with them. For all the people listening to this that are like me, that say things and then second guess themselves and are like millions of other people that have, you know, what we call that defense mechanism protection mechanism what is something that they can take home with them that they can just start practicing start building into a habit to make themselves more of a high achiever so can i give your listeners an exercise please absolutely i'd love that here here's something super powerful and if you could do this regularly it would be amazing but here's what you want to do you want to actually sit down and journal but i'm going to give you a journaling assignment it's two questions So question number one is, you know, that whole idea of honing in and asking yourself, what is it that I really, truly, deeply want? What do I really, really want? Not Mm. what does someone else want for me? What is expected of me? What does my mother want? What does my neighbor want? What should I want? But what do I truly, deeply, personally want? Write it down. And write it down in as much detail as you, as you can. The second question is, so what's stopping me from having what I truly deeply want? Write down all the reasons, what's getting in the way. And that is your starting point. Those are your beliefs. That's what you're coming to the table with. 
And then what you want to do is look at those beliefs and say, really, is that actually true? Is that true? Is each one of these beliefs actually getting in my way? What's the truth here? And start to challenge those beliefs. So what, what I, and again, do this regularly when you feel stuck or trapped or yeah. like you can't seem to get to where you want to go. That's a fantastic exercise to do. And if anyone's super courageous, send it to me. And what I will do is I will assign it to one of my coaches who will then read it and review it with you. So, so send cool. it to Kim at com. I'm going to have those exact questions. I'll have all of your, your contact information in the show notes of this podcast on timstods.com. But Kim, before we wrap up, first off, thank you so much for your time. Like, it was really, really cool talking to you. I, I learned so much from you and, and you really helped me today. So thank you. But uh, pleasure. yeah, but, but next, please just take this second and tell people where, where they can find you. How can they reach out to you? So the best place to find us is by going to frameofmindcoaching.com. So we have tons of information, articles, podcasts, learning about our programs. There's just so much there. It's a really rich site. So please come and visit us. And if you're interested, there's an invitation to uh, experiment with a complimentary coaching call. And what I have found is that when people do that complimentary call, all of a sudden, like they just see themselves in the world differently and they suddenly become clear about why it is that they're stuck. So I encourage you to, to do that too, if, if that's something interesting for you. Again, I will have all of those on the show notes of the website or of the uh, the the show notes of the actual podcast. Kim, once again, I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for all your time. I'm, I'm really grateful for this conversation and I, I hope we can do it again in the future. Tim, I have a feeling our paths are going to cross multiple times from here on in. I hope so. I mean, I'm leaving this conversation, one, willing to do this exercise because I'm curious as to what is actually stopping me, but also, like, there's just so much more I can learn from you. So I, I really, really hope that, that we can continue to cross paths. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Kim. We'll talk later. See ya. Hey, guys. It's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.